Welcome to Machine Learning. Okay, today I'm going to be talking about uh, um, risk management and we'll start off and show kind of like uh, talk about LSTM. So LSTM is long-term short memory and it uh, learns, you can set it up so you can uh, look back on your data. So like if you're in time series, you can look like back 10 lags or 10 uh, periods of time back and then feed that into the LSTM bidirectional network. So it learns uh, forward and backwards in the state and it has the effect of paying attention to what's important and keeping that and discarding what is not important and then uh, maintaining that long-term memory over over multiple states. So it keeps the probability, it uh, determines the probability between one state and another. And, uh, and so that neural machinery is really good when it comes to curve fitting. And so I took the Equinex and fed that into an LSTM bidirectional network and um, it, uh, it, it pretty closely matched the, the actual test data, the predicted data versus the test data. And what I found is by increasing the number of neurons, um, I got better accuracy in terms of, of uh, learning. So my, my loss accuracy had a quicker drop-off rate and, and the accuracy improved uh, significantly when I evaluated it. And so um, what I did is I set up uh, a four network LSTM using Keras or TensorFlow uh, sequential. And the first layer, um, I set that to equal to the shape of my X train and it is a one dimensional data. So um, I passed the parameter as one dimensional and it's non-batch. So, that's how I did it. And then my neuron levels are 1,000 neurons per per layer. So my first layer would be um, 1,000. The second one would be 1,000. Third would be 1,000. Fourth would be 1,000. So I have a lot of parameters that I actually uh, create when I run the train. And then I, I set my last uh, uh, layer to dance. And that's the predicted... Uh, um, it, so based on the 10, 10 units, it will predict what the next next uh, future um, future output will be. And then I would use uh, mean square error. So that's my, my compiled type, and I'm looking for accuracy. <clears throat> so I can plot either accuracy or I can plot loss. Okay, so when I, the way I set that up is I'm using my stock prices for open. I use create my data set. So the data set then uh, looks at the length of the data set minus my look back, which would be 10 units, minus one. And then uh, I slice that and I get my um, A. So I'm looking at each unit, 10 units back. And then I'm uh, appending that as my X component. And then I also create my Y component, which is uh, my target. And then I return back 
uh, my uh, train and my test. And so that then I can, my test size, train size will be 70% and my test size will be uh, the length of my data set minus my train size. That'll give me my test size. And so when I set the, my data set um, based on the train size and the test size, then I can pass that into my create data set and it uh, then has the data set and the look behind. Okay, so the, uh, so I, what I've done is I, I create my train and test set and then I pass in my train and then my look back number and my test and look back number. And so it creates my uh, train X and my Y train and my uh, test X and my Y test. So the, 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 y, the X test, the Y train and the X test are your targets. Okay, once I have that formatted and it's in the correct shape, um, when it's uh, basically it's looking, uh, taking the test sets and then creating overlapping segments of 10, um, then I then I can uh, reshape it and I'll set that uh, my train to uh, um, shape it to um, uh, and then uh, also shape my X test. Okay, so that's how uh, I use the LSTM to do my computation. So when I one of the things I've kind of like been thinking about when uh, I've done the this LSTM prediction is how could it be useful? Well, it's not going to be useful in the sense that it's going to give you a lot of predicted, ca predictable capability uh, far into the future, but it it can maybe predict a few days into the future, or it can maybe predict a a possible trend line. And maybe what you do is you uh, train the LSTM and then you give it some simulated data to see how it will perform and see whether or not you can get create maybe some, uh, uh, some linear lines to, to figure out trajectory. But uh, as far as seeing into the future with the LSTM, I don't th feel like that it could know all the factors. I mean, it could learn a lot of the signal based on 10 day. It was pretty interesting on 10, looking back 10 day, how accurate it was. Um, but what you see kind of w with its prediction was that, uh, that it, it took the extreme um, dips it, like that would happen and it kind of smoothed it out. It kind of averaged it. So it looked, well, what was happening in uh, 10 days prior and then and then it kind of smoothed it out. So it didn't have that sharp drop off and correction back up. And so it doesn't really reflect uh, totally what is happening. It, 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 uh, it seems like it's almost like a rolling window, but it's, it's kind of learning some signal and pattern in the data, uh, but it has to kind of average it out. So it's it does have it's kind of a smoothing algorithm effect, is what I think, and and so 
the value of of that one-dimensional uh, LSTM is is still um, not it's questionable. Okay, so when I the way I did my X train and X test was um, I uh, I reshaped the X train using train X dot shape zero comma one comma X train X shape uh, index one. And so that that'll give you the number of features and it will also then give you the number of rows and it's one dimensional. That's what that means. Okay, one of the things that's interesting when I when I took us, I, I compared wanted to do a comparison between Equinix and uh, CCI. Both of them are data center software and they have dividends. And I wanted to see just how they perform. And it looks like what they do, how they perform is somewhat flat. Um, I just took the opening price and plotted Equinix against uh, CCI. And uh, Equinix stock is more expensive, uh, about four times more expensive than CCI. But they both seem to perform fairly flat. It uh, the prices uh, fluctuate, probably like Equinix is between nine hundred and six hundred dollars, and is fluctuating in that range. And versus uh, CCI, that's uh, below two hundred, but it seems fairly flat. But then I looked at Equinix's dividends, and they seem to be increasing every year. From 2017 to uh, 2022. Well, and then what I wanted to do um, is I like to look at things from a 254 day period of time, and so that's uh, what I what I did here is uh, well I I sort my index which is. Uh, on date, and then I set the tail to um, 254. So I'm looking at 254 lags since the last date, which would be current date, and, and just look back on that. And so that starts that uh, from uh, uh, 202103 to 2201. So that's your 254 days of trading that I'm looking at. And then the dividend, the, the, um, it, it's not, I didn't set that back to 254. I just showed the dividend growth since 2027. So that, that's what's happening. Okay, so one of the things that uh, I kind of wanted to understand is the volatility. And volatility is calculated by using the standard deviation. And what standard deviation is, is... Uh, variance from the mean. So we take a and get the um, uh, mean average of the stock price and then we look at the standard deviation and that kind of gives you an idea of how volatile the stock is. Or, And in case of risk management, what you're wanting to know is how much you could lose in one uh, period of time per day. So what's the maximum amount of loss that you could have in one day? And that's helpful to know in your portfolio as you've got if you set your 
different weights like so you have maybe you know maybe you have a hundred different stock in your portfolio and you've done um, efficient frontier to calculate what the minimum volatility volume per stock is and so that, that you set all those weights and then you need to know uh, how much you could lose on one given day given the potential losses that are available. So then I started thinking, well, how do you calculate the losses? Well, losses are calculated by um, taking some initial investment and then using your percent of change and then adding one to that and, and then come producting that, cumulatively producting that, and then multiplying that by uh, your initial investment. And that what that does, it'll show you your current running uh, value, positive or negative, uh, from your from your uh, initial investment. So, you you can then use that benchmark to determine uh, positive or negative, or a net value of uh, how much you've you've made. And so, at, at some point, you're you're you might be uh, net positive from your initial investment and other times you might be uh, net negative. And then you could plot that out and then you could run that through your efficiency frontier and um, and then you could calculate your value at risk, 95% confidence. So what at 95% confidence, what is the maximum amount of money that you could lose in a day? And that's what we're, you're trying to understand. Okay, so when you look at volatility, uh, you're looking at um, the volatility as it as it relates to um, uh, to the to the stock and and uh, and as it relates to the the mean average so higher volatility means higher risks and so there's kind of this way trade-off that what you're doing is uh, risk and reward so uh, if you take a higher risk, you can get a higher reward, but at the same time, the volatility can also work in the negative. Uh, you can lose a larger percentage of money. And in this case, what we will show in Equinix is that even though the dividends are increasing, uh, if you do your initial investment over the 254 days, you basically will uh, lose money in bo both uh, Equinix and in uh, CCI. And that's that's just due to the fact I think that a lot of the data centers are are uh, fairly expensive to operate, and the initial cost to build them is high, and so recouping back uh, profits is is challenging. Okay, the next thing I want to do is uh, calculate for each for CCI and uh, for. Equinex, I want to calculate the percent change, and then I want to put them in a rolling 30-day uh, window or 30-lag window, and then I want to uh, resample that uh, using a mean for monthly on each one and then plot that out. So what by going to a resample, it's kind of nice because it takes out a lot of your noise. Uh, if you go too high of a sample, it can be misleading because it could uh, give you a general trend make it look like a general trend is uh, gradually climbing upward, which is true, but you don't see the volatility uh, in that time period because it's averaged out. Uh, 
And so that could be kind of misleading because you might be in a very volatile stock and there could be days where you lose uh, near, near your max amount per day that you could lose uh, based on your histor- historical uh, performance. And these, this, this uh, value at risk is all based on historical performance. It doesn't account for sudden shocks in the market. It's all based on what, what is the maximum amount that you could lose in a day based on the statistics of the past. It cannot anticipate uh, un- unforeseen shocks into the future. Okay, so once I have that, then I can plot out my volatility and the percent change. So if I have a start with my hundred million dollars, and here's a, a great website that I uh, use to help build this. So then I start with my percent change um, and store that in the um, in what I call returns, and then I rename my um, my. Um, my join, so my returns are, are put into a, a, a matrix, or sorry, into a data frame, which is a join between the Equinix price or percent change and the CCI percent change. Okay, what I do next is calculate the covariance between the two. I wanna see if there's any uh, correlation. Um, I take the average on those covariance, and then I take the dot product with my weights. Now my weights are, are um, just based on arbitrarily fifty percent and fifty percent. What it'll turn out to be is that once I run my efficient frontier, the minimum volat- based on volatility, um, the algorithm will suggest that I should go a hundred percent CCI and zero percent weights with Equinix. So it's kind of interesting that it, the risk, the volatility on the Equinix was high enough that uh, it, it, uh, it, the statistics calculated is the, so basically it, it's saying that uh, as far as having Equinix in your portfolio, you should, should dump it. Uh, so then I, I calculate uh, my mean investment. I calculate my standard deviation investment. And then I, to, in order to get the, um, the value at risk at 95%, I'll take my uh, quantile on my returns, and then that will give me a value at risk. <clears throat> and then I want to just kind of check, do some back testing. So I'll take my returns and see which ones are greater than the VAR 95. And that those are my extreme values. And then, so if I look at it, um, I got a one on the back test, so that's not very good. And the value risk is at 0.02. So that means that if you look at 0.02, I've got all these sections that are value at risk. So um, what I do is I I put that into a stem, plot that into the stem, my value, extreme values uh, for CCI and my extreme values for Equinix. And you can see that the Equinix is, has more extreme values above uh, uh, the, the bar 95, and the CCI has less. So 
um, what that says is that there's a 95 confidence that the maximum daily loss will be $203,000 with the initial investment of $10 million. So that's what that's saying. So that's what you can anticipate per day as maximum risk um, for losing based on the historical data. So, you know, I really like the, <clears throat> I like the uh, risk management approach to looking at your data. It kind of tells you uh, worst case scenarios, what could happen, because we could have a, a 2007, 8, 9, 2009, 2010 scenario where um, markets corrected because of the, the bond market subprimes. Okay, so in this case here, I want to plot out uh, the CLA. And the way I do that is I use covariance shrinkage on my returns. I get an um, a LE do it underscore wolf. And I, I put that in a variable called E COVID, E COV. And then I use my efficient frontier with my E COV variable. I get my minimum weight. And so what you can see with the minimum weight here is it said that it should be about 50-50. So it said divide your portfolio up 50-50. And uh, then I can plot out the expected return and my standard deviations. So <clears throat> that again goes back to risk and reward scenarios that is you take higher risk, you can get higher re, uh, returns, but at the same time, you can also have higher losses. Okay, so if I just go back to my returns and I do a rolling, I get mu and sigma. Um, so I get mu, which is the average, which is the mean rolling average on the equinx uh, percentage change, and also the rolling average on the um, the standard deviation uh, that I can set my parameters and I can calculate my bar 99 uh, using my parameters, my rolling parameters, and that I can plot them out. So, um, I plot the returns index 0 0.01 times bar 99 <clears throat> times uh, uh, 100,000. And then that way it scales it. <clears throat> I'm not dealing with really super small uh, numbers. And then I can plot out um, how my percent change is working. So CVAR is the expected value of loss given a minimum loss threshold. <clears throat> so I have my minimum loss threshold that I calculate would be uh, 0 0.05. Okay, so we're getting down to the last part. Uh, we've set up my prices again. I just, uh, just grabbed my original two uh, data frames for Equinix DF and CCI DF, get the opening price, uh, mer merge them together into a matrix called prices.
okay, and then I want to forward fill them for any um, missing data. And that just smooths it out. And then I can use uh, mu as the expected returns, mean historical return for the prices. Um, I get my uh, sigma. I can take my risk models dot uh, sample underscore cove with pass in my prices. And then also I can then feed uh, mu, sigma, and weighted bounds, which I, I used here, minus one to one. And it will return back my efficient frontier. And then you, from that efficient frontier, I can get the max Sharpie and the clean weights, and then I can print those out. Um, and and so that would give me the sharp Sharpie percent um, PWT. All right, so if we took a thousand dollars and we invested it into um, Equinix or CCI, we would get roughly, we'd start off with our $1,000, and with CCI, you would make maybe at the end of the 254 um, period time, you would make about $1,100, and for Equinix, you would lose about $100, so you'd end up about $900. So both of them are fairly flat, for the 254 period of time. And, and it's definitely reflected in the volatility of the stock. Uh, so then you would have to weigh out how many, how much you made in for that, that time period in dividend payments and to decide if you could uh, become net positive. Um, my feeling is, is that you're net positive definitely with CCI. With uh, Equinix, the dividends, you might be able to break even with your $1,000 investment uh, for the number of shares you could have bought for your, um, so you would take the initial stock price divided into 1,000. That'd give you your initial number of shares and then multiply that by, let's say it's quarterly dividends and then you would add the dollar amount on that and that would tell you how much you had earned with dividends and then you would have to account for whether or not the dividends plus the final price difference between your initial price and the final price um, brings you to, to break even. And I'm, I'm gonna say you're probably gonna be really close to just barely breaking even on that. And so here's what I, what I did is, I did something similar to that. I, I grabbed my uh, original price and then I take the um, each of the price minus my original price and divide that by, so you get the, the two uh, and then divide that by the original price times 100. And so that'll give me the, um, um, and actually I don't know why I had to do divide. I don't know why I had to do divide here. I kind of like when I think about it, I, I would thought that the way to find if what your your net is 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 to take your price current price minus your original price and that would tell you the change and then if you divide it by 
the original price, um, that's going to take, that would give you a percent. So it's almost like I'm calculating percent change here, but it's not cumulative. It's only on the day. So relative to that initial price. So as it, it's at that point in time, whether you're positive or negative relative to that initial uh, price. Hmm. And that that that's this would allow you to be have negative if it, if you're if you drop below that initial price then you're going to get a number that's negative so it's almost like it is a percentage that I'm showing here so anyway this is showing kind of the growth pattern then we had some sharp drop off and we had some growth and then we had some drop off and you can kind of see if you took a mean going across look at that I'll bet with uh, Equinix you barely break through even. And then um, with uh, CCI, you, you make a, a little bit of money. So that's, again, the, the risk factors uh, when you're dealing with, with uh, uh, high volatile stock is that you, you, you know, where you finish up could be, uh, you know, it's like a running a race. You're running really fast at the beginning of the race. But it, as towards you get to the finish line, you're getting tired, and maybe in some cases you get exhausted and drop off. And it's almost like there's this exhaustion point right here where there's some uh, degree of uncertainty and there's a, 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 a drop off. So we want to find the maximum loss over one period, week period of time at 99% accuracy. So our bar 99 is 33, and it looks like our max uh, and our original price was $733. And that's for CCI. So just looking at CCI. And so we're comparing the weekly maximums. So we, we do the resampling here. We uh, resample on the week. We're looking at the net change. Uh, we want to find the maxima. And then we plot out the maximum, maximum values for, for that week. And, uh, and then we get our parameters with uh, Gen Extreme. What this is doing is it's uh, it's calculating a distribution. So you have different got types of distributions. You got a Gaussian distribution, and uh, and then you could have a T student distribution, which is really narrow. Which can can uh, as you get more data can sample back into a Gaussian distribution, and from this uh, Gen Extreme, based on these weekly maximums, you can calculate your value at risk at ninety nine percent. So that's how we, we can calculate the maximum losses for one week at a 99% confidence. Okay, and then we've talked about the LSTM and that's how I finish up. So um, yeah, if you have time, take a look at this on my GitHub and start thinking about value to risk if you're gonna invest. 
because you need to understand how at least to analyze your data in terms of racing you know even if you're just looking at the stock performance and 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 uh, you're saying well okay you, you can look at it from a standpoint that uh, the stocks are racing really good in terms of price and, and demand and then they kind of get exhausted toward the towards the end but if you know you've been saving up your on your dividends and they've been and they're performing pretty well on the dividends and you're going to hold the stock long term uh, you might you might come out ahead so dividends are like say a saving program you you know you're getting that cash income and you're saving on it and uh, the question is is uh, how fast you can you can accumulate back on your initial investment so let's say you keep your investment for five years and you get 30% of your initial investment back um, but your price stays relatively flat. Okay, so if you average that out for five years, that's 6% growth per year. And so maybe you'd say, well, I can stay ahead of inflation that way. Yeah, I didn't make a lot of money in my asset appreciation, but I didn't lose any money, but I still was able to beat inflation. So maybe at that point you, you justify and say, well, that's better than, uh, than losing money due to inflation. So that, you know, Again, I'm not too excited with uh, about data, um, data center soft or stock. Even though you look at the potential for 5G to do really well, and you know you got self-driving cars that are bringing in more data. You got uh, more media streaming. You have uh, you have more community uh, data lakes being stored in the cloud, and those will be stored in data centers and there's more IOT devices that are going to be coming online and they're going to need places to store so data centers are going to have their place but the the you know those initial costs are going to be high and it's a long-term game uh, if you're investing into data centers and so you can see from my analysis that it's very volatile and so uh, you know, you can't make these assumptions that are just because there's going to be this increased demand caused from 5G, the data centers are, are going to be profitable immediately. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Machine Learning.